Ladies and gentlemen, get excited and get ready. You're about to be motivated and inspired as you hear from other show business professionals and high-achieving business professionals throughout the business community. All walks of life give you insight, leadership, motivation, and how they overcame obstacles. Game up and get ready for motivation and show business. Mission in. Is it? <laughs> and it's going to be, what's that Monday? I think September 14th. Yeah. Let me Monday, know. Monday, September 14th. Let me know when that is. Let me know. I need to know. I need to get that on my yep. calendar now. That's that's the date. You can mark it down right now. Okay. All right. And uh, it's going to be a fantastic outing. You can play on El Campeon course. It's that 103 roll course. Um, people are going to know. I, the ones I've spoke to are going to come up Sunday night and spend the night. Um, and then enjoy the tournament the next day. So what are what are some common mistakes maybe you've seen people make when it comes to putting on their own tournament, holding a scramble tournament? Well, one of the things in the, the Bay Hill and admission is we host a lot of, of tournaments. And one thing I see happening is a lot of people, it's the right idea, but they say, hey, this is philanthropy, so we want as much money to trickle down through to the charities as humanly possible. And that's, I get that. It's 100% correct theory. <clears throat> but why do people come? Hey, if the charity is worthwhile, great. And they believe in that charity, great. That's that's step one. So in, in my case, I we donate the money to the uh, Huel Kids Kidney Center at the Arnold Palmer Hospital. Okay. Um, and obviously, people know Mr. Palmer, respect his, his philanthropic efforts, and know the hospital. And so, in our community, that's sort of a big thing. If you say, hey, it's going to the Arnold Palmer Hospital for children, it's you tend to get general support, right? Right. Um, the stories behind that are amazing. I mean, Mr. Palmer. This goes back 14 years ago when I first started doing it. He came back from the hospital. He saw children getting dialysis next to old people like us. And it broke his heart. And he said, we can do better. And that was his mantra always when he came back from the hospital or anywhere, really, was we can do better. So that's when we said, hey, let's let's try and put a kid's kidney center together and let's get some money together. Mr. Huell was obviously the driving force it's named after him, but you know, bond going in expansion and, expansion and all that, we decided we're going to take this one little tournament and that's what we're going to fund. And we've been able to raise between forty dollars and $50,000 a year for the last 14 years. That, that adds up. Yeah. You know, it adds up. And now the children have a place to go to get their dialysis. That's so cool, so geared towards them. They have uh, tutors in there to help them do homework. They have uh, animals that come through, dogs that visit with them. There's activities. There's, they don't even know they're getting dialysis while they're there. They love going there. And and that's the way it should be. So the, the charity and the purpose for the charity should be well-defined. And, and like any other marketing, there should be a story somehow attached to it. We bring we bring uh, people who've grown up through that system now in dialysis. People who have been saved um, to get 
to come talk at our lunches. Mm. And it's very emotional, very impactful, so people can see in a tangible way what their participation and the money they pay to participate is going to. Um, secondly, the and we're all about how much money we can get to the hospital. However, I also realize I'm running an event, right? Right. And if I want to grow anything, I have to, just like you, you have to get a customer and keep them and then build on that and get more customers and keep them and not just always turn and burn and try and get new customers because maybe the experience wasn't what they thought it was. Meaning what? Where do you host your event? So I host them at exclusive country clubs. I host them at places they couldn't go to necessarily themselves. So that's a plus. I provide food that blows their mind. So on my budget, I'm spending money on food. Maybe I could do it cheaper. Probably could. I know I could. And I've dealt with some tournaments that, you know, they want to give you a croissant for breakfast and a cup of coffee. Well, that's not for me to say if it's your tournament, but in dialogue like this between you and me, I can tell you my tournament, you're getting carving stations, you're getting food, like the greatest food I could possibly give you. Yeah. Because I need the experience to be fantastic. Yes, it's a philanthropic endeavor. Yes, it's for a charity event or for whatever reason, but I, I want to wow them. I still see the participants as customers. And I want them to come back next year and I want them to tell more people about it. Because what happens as the tournament grows and I have a waiting list, I can raise the price. Right. And make more money for the charity. Right? Yeah. And it'll have longevity, which is something I wanted as well. So I guess a couple factors are in there. Is it a one-off charity event? You could probably get away with it. If it's something you want to do annually, my suggestion is make it quality. Give people who attend value and purpose. Makes sense. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I so, noticed I've so. noticed that when I've been asking myself that, you know, every year. It's like what else can I do? What else can I do? What else can I do? I'm doing the show, but what else can I do to add to the experience of of that? You know, I know Disney, that's big in their culture. You pay that that hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty dollar gate. You know, they're trying to really wow you as much as possible to make you want to come back and come back and come back. And, I mean, you know, who, who's yeah. who's to argue with that to say that it ain't working? Because, I mean, Disney's dominating a lot right now. Um, yeah. What, you being, you were the director of sales there at Bay Hill. So you yes. frequently had, you know, salespeople that reported to you and, you know, a sales team. Somebody that's in sales listening to the podcast, what tips would you give them as far as managing sales, salesmen, sales teams, salespeople, motivating them, keeping them on task? What 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 insight can you offer to that? If I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, honestly, it's... Um, different for different environments so i'll give you an example at bay hill 
Yeah. Um, because we did such a good job branding, and because of Mr. Palmer's iconic name, and because of the the press we did, we had people's interests, and we generated inquiries. Mm-hmm. So in the Bay Hill model, you're you're sort of fielding questions, leads are coming in, and I mean it all comes down to customer service. Everything comes down to co- customer service. Whether you're a, a comedian, a magician, a motivator, motivating speaker, a, a plumber, a lawyer, a, it, it, the common denominator is customer service. Right. And. In sales in particular, you get them in the door, but if your people around you don't live up to what you sold, you can be the best salesman in the world and you're not going to grow the business. So I put always a big emphasis on work with your fellow employees and treat them like you're they're your customers. Mm. Okay, that's good. And... In the Bay Hill model, they didn't have to hunt as hard as most places have to hunt for business. Now, in contrast, Mission Inn, resort.com, <laughs> shameless plug, um, <laughs> we are 35 minutes north of Orlando, and it's not well known. Yeah. And that's why I'm now there to help the family spread the word in a very similar way I did for Mr. Palmer in Bay Hill to let more people know that this place exists, how wonderful it is, the history, the fact that it's family owned, it has the exact same story. But we're in a position there where the sales team have to hunt. They have to hunt for the leads. Yeah. So how do you how do you do that? I mean there's really no great answer except the good old, you know, it's the law of averages. If you're calling a hundred people, 10 are going to be interested. You're going to close one. You just got to do it. You got to get through the rejection. You know? Yeah. I knew a guy who mentored me every time he got rejected. He was so elated. He was so happy. I'm like, what is the matter with you? This lady just told you to jump in the deep end, man. Yeah. And he was like, I know, but the next call is going to go. You know, he knew he was one step closer to getting that sale. Right. So it's that tenacity, it's that drive, it's that self-motivation to get to the finish line, to know that as you're getting rejected, it's a good thing, it's a normal thing. If you take everything personally, every no, if you get discouraged at every no, you're never going to make it in sales, ever, ever. I did a thing for the uh, for the students at the, the uh, Rosen Hospitality School, University of Central Florida. Through my charity event, I had the uh, students who wanted to get into the club business. I said, "Well, come volunteer for my charity event." And it's not just come on the beautiful day of and look pretty and shake hands. I'm like, "Let's roll up the sleeves and get you a little dirty." Yeah. And one of the hardest things for a charity event is to get donations to have a great raffle prize program or a auction or some other component, which is also wildly successful if you do it right. So I do it the old school way. And I brought some of these kids along on a one-on-one basis to show them 
really what salesmanship is like. And I'd get him in my car. We'd go to Dr. Phillips or we'd go somewhere in Orlando. I'd park the car and I'd say, okay, in the next four or five hours, we're going to visit with between 30 and 40 companies. And their jaw just hits the floor like, what? And I'm like, yep, we're going to go in the front door. We're going to ask for the owner or the manager. We're going to tell them what we're doing and we're going to ask them for a donation. And they were dumbfounded. Yeah. They were probably, they were texting, probably, they were probably ready to send a direct message. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> they were probably ready to send a direct message through Instagram. <laughs> right. An actual face-to-face interaction? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And so we go in the store. We ask, and some are bitter. They don't want to hear you. They basically throw you out. I'm like, that's fine. Let's go in the next one. Let's go in the next one. And you know what? Out of the 30, 40 people... We got at least 10, 15 donations, whether it was dinner for two, whether it was uh, doggy chew toys with biscuits in a basket, whether it was um, bottles of wine or whatever it was. You'd be amazed what golden nuggets you can find if you go out there and risk yourself to go find it. Yeah. And... After doing that two, three times, you know, two, three sessions with them, the first day I would do it, they just walk behind me going, oh, my God, this guy's going to kill you, you know, and I'm like, that's great. Let's go find the guy who's going to love us. <laughs> then the next day I take him out again. I'm like, you go in the door first. I'm not going to say a word. Mm. And it's clumsy. It's awkward. And it's I'm like, how did you do? I'm like, that was terrible. And did she have quickly asked you to leave yet? Let's go in the next one, do better. <laughs> you know, and by the end of the day, they feel very comfortable doing it. They understand the risk and reward. Yeah. And, and you can be successful. And it's it's a matter of just getting yourself and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And most people won't. Yeah. I take comfort in that. There are things that I'll be looking at it with strategy or... Certain things that I'll do, you know, like the new thing that I'm doing now um, when I get booked for corporate events is that I'm now hiring a photographer and I'm including a professional photographer in when people book me. So me bringing a photographer to take pictures of the events and then, you know, we give that link, that photo album link um, to all the guests. So all the guests can go and they can look at all the photos, they can download whatever they want. We give them blanket rights, they can put them on their socials, they can do whatever they want with them. And I mean, it's really turned out to be great, but there are times that I'll make lists and say, what are people not willing to do? Most yeah. people aren't going to do that. They're just not. I take comfort in knowing that there's a certain level of, I don't, I hate to use the word laziness, but um, there's just a le- level of intensity most people aren't going to go. Or they don't have the skin for the rejection or the nose or the... Well, that's it. The, it's, the, it's the fear of rejection. It's paralyzing to, to a lot of people. And yeah. in today's world, you know, I, I try to mix old school and new school. So mm-hmm. even in the sales process, okay, there's email, there's text. But you know what? Every person I meet, I write them a handwritten note saying, Hey, it was great meeting you, Roy. Put in my card doesn't have to be this long dissertation doesn't have to be nothing like that it just has to be a point of contact they get an email and then i'll follow up and send them maybe a little brochure and i'll do you know in the old days it used to be the rule of thumb it's like a, a, a customer needs to see you or a potential customer to become a customer has to see you like three times yeah 
to be recognized. Now, it's like 17 times because the, the advertising noise that so they're large. exposed to is so large yeah. and prolific. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. So what do you do differently? And I taught my kids the same thing. When you go for a job interview, you know, did you follow up with them? Yeah, I sent them a text or I sent them an email. <laughs> I'm like, really? Do you think everybody did that? Yeah. So I said, what did you do that nobody else did? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you write a handwritten note? No, write one. Mm. So how many, many things. Think, how many you think wrote a handwritten note? Uh, probably not very many. Okay, that's good. What else can you do that's different? Yeah. To make you stand out from the noise, because that's the name of the game, right? To be in that top three. To be in the top three. You got it. Yeah, man, for sure. Last question, last question, Mr. Roy, and I'll let you get off here. Um, yeah. I'm switching gears a little bit because I'm going to use the tail end of this podcast for the other podcast that I do. You being in hospitality and there for a long time, I didn't realize it until I start becoming more mindful of, this, of the surroundings around me. Me going in and I'll, you know, I'll perform it on a Friday night or a Saturday night, and you know these companies are having these events. You got the the staff, you know, your banquet captains your catering managers, making sure these events are running well. And you being in that kind of hospitality uh, lane as long as you were in it, being a person like that in relationships, I'm saying personal, you know, dating, marriage, you know, whatever relationships, (laughs) what tips could you give Say someone's getting in a new situation and they're getting in someone, they've never dated someone that's been in hospitality or they've been in that type of thing and those hours are long, they're always nights and weekends. Is there any advice you could give someone going into that? <laughs> wow. That, this, this just went left turn. <laughs> yeah, completely, completely, completely. Well, I... <sighs> to think about that for a minute <laughs> i mean let, let's face it these, these to me yeah from, from my life experience these are the hardest working people I, i've ever met yeah it's it's often a thankless job and they do so much for so many people whether it's the customer the owners of the resort whatever it is and i i gotta believe that 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 that's draining for them uh-huh. It takes a lot of effort. I mean, you got to be on, right? right? You're on stage, and they're not just performing for 20 minutes. They're performing for hours and hours and hours on end. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it can suck the life out of you. For sure. So, you know, aside from schedules and everything else, I know mentally and physically, it's a hard job. It's a hard job. And uh, I know my, my wife doesn't like it much, but when we go out to dinner, I just did this the other night. The bill was $100, I tipped 60 <laughs> Wow. And, you know, it's around Thanksgiving, it's around, they work hard, man, they work hard, and I see it, so when I'm the customer, yeah, I, I that night it just happened to just strike my heart that this is what I had to do for this, for this lady. I thought it was just, it made me feel so good, so good. Um, and, and I guess it's just understanding that environment. And that you think I'm all tired and emotionally drained. 
I don't know if that would be the time to talk about something emotionally charged or, you know, okay. uh, ha- have them hike them out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, it is tough. And I, I think for that reason, oftentimes I see relationships of people in that business with relationships of other people in that business. Yeah, there's a because, commonality because, there. Because they get it. Right. Yeah, because they get it. Versus, you know, working daytime hours, working nighttime hours, two ships passing in the night. That, that's got to be tough. Yeah. You know, that's got to be tough and takes a special kind of person to, to see through the challenges of that to, to make it work. So um, I don't know if that's as much advice as it is my observation, but um, God, I appreciate those people. And it comes back to sales. You can't do sales. You can't do any of that stuff without these people doing what they do to the highest level customer service. Yeah. And it takes a very special people and with a big, big heart to do that. That's yeah, for sure. And you, and you're right. I mean, it is kind of, I've, I've been there where I've done the show, you know, and I see, you know, the, the staff, the catering staff kind of hanging back waiting and, you know, people are sitting there and they, and they, you know, their drinks are everywhere, their empty glasses are everywhere, their dessert plates are everywhere, and those people just, and it's funny that you just say that because when I think, especially gearing up for what we're getting ready to go into with the holiday season, um, it's like, you, people don't think about it. They just get up, walk away from their table, and they just leave, particularly when it's in a, in a catering situation or a special event where, you know, they're not, you know, there's a master account taking care of all the food and beverage, right? So, you know, there's not like there's individual checks and people are paying those. People just right. get up and they just walk out. They just leave. And yep. and now that you say that, it is kind of, you know, uh, how much thought's given to those people that waited on them and, you know, made yep. sure that they were covered and made sure they were good. And, you know, people need to be mind- more mindful of that. That's for sure, 100%. Yep. Last last thing, uh, Mr. Roy. I don't want to want to take all your time. What you have? You were you were you, last we talked. You were in the process of working on your book. Um, is there any updates you want to give that? Plug that. Talk about uh, what that's about, or you want to keep it under the hat? It's a, it's entirely your call. Um, it, it's coming down the line. It encompasses a lot of my philosophic thinking on sales, marketing, things I've learned from Mr. Palmer, things I've learned from my my dad which would be another whole hour show. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's kind of liberating for me to, to step back and, and, and certainly a lot of these things aren't things I've dreamt of, but I've been very observant. I've seen what works. I've tried to emulate things that I've learned from these great people. And uh, I'm just trying to put it in a comprehensive way uh, in a book that, that I can share with others. You know, I've had a very unique experience being with Mr. Palmer. Uh, my dad was an entrepreneur his whole life. He was an immigrant, started a, a business and did very well, uh, utilizing some basic principles just like Mr. Palmer. And these two people come from opposite ends of the world and accomplish the same thing in, in different ways, but still having a commonality of some of the basics. Um, and those basics are what I'm going to try and put on paper to share with others to hopefully help them become successful. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Well, Mr. Roy, we're going to wrap. Thank you, my man, for t- doing this interview with me. I appreciate it. 
Um, thank all the listeners for listening in, tuning in. Please like this episode, share it, uh, subscribe, leave us a review. Um, if you would like to be a guest, please read, look in the episode notes, send me an email, tell me who you are, uh, what you want to contribute to the business conversation. We'll look at having you on as a guest. Um, anything else you want to add on there, Mr. Roy, before we sign off? I just want to thank you. I always enjoy our, our chats, whether it's on the air or off the air. We'd love to have you come into Mission Inn. Again, it's missioninresort.com. Uh, <laughs> great place to come. And uh, look forward to seeing you soon, my friend. Thank you. You, you got it. You got it. Enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday. Thank all of you for listening in. We're signing off. Have a good week and enjoy the rest of your week. Goodbye. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to be a co-host or like to be an interviewee, please write us and let us know. Go to DwayneHill.com or PickACardPro.com. Thank you for listening. Post editing by Logan Dunbar. Sound supervisor by Logan Dunbar. Additional editing by Gabriel Brittori. Thank you for listening. For more information, go to DwayneHill.com or PickACardPro.com.